fantasy football head versus heart. I'm Pete. I'm Dave. Well, should we get straight into it? Let's do it. Uh, technically, I won. Um, now, basically, what I've gathered is that I've learned so much in such a short space of time that I can't accommodate all the brilliant players that I've got. Mm-hmm. So what I did was, and I felt it was unfair to you to just keep winning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I put a lot of my best players on the bench <laughs> and lost. <laughs> yeah, you you ended up on 67 points. I ended up with 83. To be honest, I was on 65 going into that Newcastle game. And then Trippier absolutely smashed it. 18 points. It was like a cheat code, wasn't it? Yeah, just unbelievable. I mean, that Newcastle game, did you watch it? Well, I was going to say... I would text you about 10 minutes in saying Sheffield United playing yeah, really, yeah, yeah. some really good stuff. Of course you did. Switched off, went and had a roast dinner, came back, <laughs> it's fucking 7-0. <seven> <laughs> Couldn't believe it. Yeah, that was unbelievable. Sheffield United absolutely capitulated. Yeah. Um, but this is, a, this is a great example, something I wanted to mention, is that when you get a player before their big haul, it feels so good. Mm. But what's happened so far this season is most people have waited until players have got massive hauls, then they've got them in. Yeah. And nothing illustrates the danger of doing that more than, than this point. So I've got a list of the top five transfers in from each game week. Yeah. So game week two, Isaac was top transfer in. Yeah, got two, the Villa guy. He got two points that week. Game week three was Chilwell. He got one point. And I mean, we'll come on to Chilwell later. Whoa. We talk about him every single week, don't we? Uh, game week four was Sterling after his massive haul, and he mm-hmm. got two points. Game week five was Son, two points. Yeah. And this week was Alvarez, who got one point. Yeah. So it do- if a player does really well one week, it does not mean that they're going to do well the next week. So uh, it made me think. I, I remember when we were talking about plan- how to plan your team at the start of the season. Mm-hmm. What we focused on was picking players at certain price points. So not worrying about getting all the players you want in, but but having the ability to, to transfer in players that are of the same value yeah. um, if your player is not doing too well. And my plan was always Rashford for three weeks and then to move him to Son. I don't know why I didn't do that, because it was actually the fourth week where I planned to move him in. It's when he got his massive haul, and then he's done, done well again this week against Arsenal. Um, I, I don't know why I didn't do that, because that was my plan. But I think it just goes, I think that is the thing about FPL. And I said this to a couple of guys I was talking to this week. It is a cruel game. Mm-hmm. You, you go into it with the best intent. I guess the probably one of the analogies is the boxing one. Everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the face. <laughs> but you've got this plan and you're, oh, this is what I'm going to stick to for 10 weeks. And as you've said time and time again, don't make decisions when you're angry. Yeah, yeah. Because... It just goes to pieces. You just forget everything that you'd planned to do and take people out for no reason. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not to say you can't react during the season when things happen because something interesting that's going to happen this week is that Luton and Burnley have got double game week and they play each other. Mm-hmm. Now, you're looking at teams to target. You would target teams that are playing against either Luton or Burnley. They're playing each other. Mm-hmm. So that only happened, though, after the season started when Luton couldn't, couldn't play their game, yeah. So they've had to have to squeeze this one in. Now, do you risk 
bringing in a Luton or Burnley player because they've got a double game week and risk because it's basically going to be probably a hit compared to what you were planning to do. Yeah. Do you do that? But but these are the kind of things that you have to react to during the season. When it comes to actually just your overall strategy, unless something drastic happens, that there isn't any point in, in diverting from it. So look at last week. Last week, a lot of the pro FPL players scored 25, 30 points because none of the players that typically do well did well. Yeah. This week, they have all... Yeah, the all, big players turned up. Yeah, they? every single one of them did. Um, except for Rashford, who I promise I will get rid of in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> next week or so, because I've had a I'm starting to think he's got nude photos. <laughs> That's the only reason you're yeah, getting him in. He's got stuff on me. Um, <laughs> it's how he managed to raise so much stuff for charity as well. you <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I need to get rid of him. But but yeah, all the good players came in. So all of the players that are pros, they all did well this week. And you were looking at 80, 90 points. Yeah. Um, what what tends to happen is when you is you get really really bad weeks, when bad team bad players do well. Mm-hmm. So last last week, I think it was there. There were only three players that were above a certain percentage owned that actually returned and one of them was Haaland yeah. who you don't expect to return every single week everyone else was like 1% owned 2% owned and so the teams that were doing well I can quite confidently say they are not going to do well when it comes to the end of the season because they're picking really rare players players that just have no proven track record so it will all even itself out eventually uh, this week feels like it has evened itself out a little bit because you've seen a lot of people that have fallen, mm-hmm. um, and even I mean even you like you scored what sixty seven points. That is a pretty good score. If you score that every single 25 week, twenty five on the bench, twenty five on the bench. Yeah, that is sickening. Brutal. Um, if you uh, if you get that every single game week, I think you've mentioned this before. Yeah. You'd end up coming out at like two thousand five hundred, two thousand six hundred points at the end of the season, yeah. which puts you in the top. 10k or something mm-hmm. like that's an amazing score but because everyone else has done really well this week it might feel like you've actually had a bad week yeah it's not it's not it's not really the case not worth worrying about i think my heart most heartbreaking thing and sorry to um sort of shy away from the topic you're talking on but i, I really value your opinion on this one is when it's right to might take a four point hit because i really wanted to bring trippier in this mm-hmm. week or i wanted to bring a newcastle player in because of the run of fixtures that they've got and I, I just couldn't warrant the four point here. Now, obviously, in hindsight, yeah, I didn't know it was going to score that many points. If it had kept a clean sheet, it probably would have just been like a two point game, right? If they'd have won the game one nil, for example. Mm-hmm. Is it okay to take four point hits? Of course it is. So you can, as long as you've got a justifiable reason for doing it, and and the just justifiable reasons are injuries. Players that are just terrible, players that are not performing well. Mm-hmm. Also, if you want to restructure your team a little bit, so you want to move a bit of money from one position to another. So this is a good example, good thing, and I'm going to talk about this in a bit about whether or not you need Salah, because Salah has consistent. He always does. He does this every season. It's not a surprise. He performs consistently every single week. He's similar to Haaland, which is why he's priced at a similar price to Haaland. Mm-hmm. And Salah in previous seasons has gone on to score two fifty, three hundred points almost every single year. Yeah. But he is £12.5 million. Now, because most people have started the season just with Haaland, you either have to get rid of Haaland to put Salah in, which again is two transfers because it's a defender and a, sorry, it's a striker and a midfielder. Yeah. Or you have to completely restructure your team. So you may have to take out two midfielders and a defender 
in order to move all of that money towards midfield so you can afford Salah. And there isn't really a way you can do that without taking a hit. Mm -hmm. So it's whether you think that over the long run, you are going to benefit overall from doing that. Uh, If you're doing it for like a one week or two week punt, not worth it at all. It very rarely comes off. And actually the player that you're taking out can just as easily score in one week. Anyone could score in a week. Mm-hmm. So you're you're really taking a high risk there. But if you're looking to bring someone in for maybe five, six weeks and you're going to take a minus four to do it, if the player you're replacing them for is 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 significantly like worse, then it's worth doing. Um yeah, there's absolutely nothing wrong with doing it. There was a really good example of this either last year or the year before. One of the top FPL content creators, a guy called FPL Raptor, he took about a minus 20 at some random point during the wow. season. That, ma- that made him about 100 points net from, from doing that over the space of a few weeks. Just because he decided he had a load of dead wood in his team he needed to clear out. Other players have really good fixtures. And he wanted to save his wild card for later in the season because he thought he could benefit from it later on. So he took a minus 20, and even that week it paid off. So it can work. You've just got to have justification to do it. That's really interesting because I, I think one of the things I was thinking is that I did that too many times mm-hmm. across previous years and mm-hmm. I thought I've got to get through this being managing my transfers and not taking any four-point hits. Yeah. Um, I know that I can, I can probably avoid having to do a wild card in week nine or week ten if I take a minus four, possibly a minus eight. Mm-hmm. And that would enable me to save my wild card until week 19, the final week to use it. Because right. there is a week around then where Man City have a blank. So if you've, you're all going to have Haaland. If you've got other players like Foden or Alvarez, most people are getting Alvarez now. Yeah. You're going to have a few players that aren't going to play that week. So what you, a tactic that you can use when you're going to wild card, you can do something called dead ending, which is where you, you end up with a team of players that you don't actually want by the end of that game week. By, yeah, by the time you're about to wildcard. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it means you can get rid of the players that are going um, to have a blank. So you can actually sell. If you save yourself two transfers and you've got Haaland and Alvarez, you can bring in, you can sell Haaland, sell Alvarez. You can bring in any two strikers that you want because of the money you're going to have in your bank just for one week. Yeah. Um, and then you wildcard Haaland back in again. As soon as you play it, nice, yeah. So it's That's a li- very tactical. Isn't it? It's a little tactic, but it can get you 20, 20 25 points or something. Yeah. Especially if you're going to captain somebody else. Uh, so it's a nice little, nice little trick that you can mm. that you can do. So I, I can't. I you can't. No, because you, you you use your wild card, haven't you? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a good advantage. Amateur wild card. That's cool. It's a condition. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's something I'm going to have to consider. You take like like. Short-term pain for, for long-term, like proper gain. I think if you use your wildcard in game week 19, there will be people that are using their second wildcard in week 20. So you, you've got a whole wildcard advantage over everybody. So you might, not be, you might be struggling now, but when it comes to the end of the season and there are more double game weeks and blank game yeah, weeks, I was going to say the double game weeks is they can be a, a great time to use it and you can, you can do things that other people won't be able to. So. So if we talk about players that are underperforming, um, Bruno obviously came good for you yeah. in that match. But, I mean, Burnley had more possession than Man United in that game, didn't they? They looked really good, didn't they? Colliosho, Co- is he called? Yeah. He looked, being, he looked, he looked amazing. amazing. I, feel, I thought they played really well. But 
Man United and Chelsea again. We're talking about the same things. <laughs> yeah. I, my, my, my biggest, obviously, I had 25 points on the bench. But the big thing was my defence this week. I, I decided to give Chilwell one more chance. I had Udoggy, who got yeah. points. So both of those scored zero points. Mm-hmm. And I had Ake, who played brilliantly again the week before. And then I think he only played something like 38 minutes. Yeah, he came on. So came off the bench. Yeah, funny thing is, this week, Chilwell is actually probably not the most priority player to sell because Chelsea have had a major injury in their defence um, and then Gusto, Gusto got sent got off. Sent off. Mm-hmm. Chilwell's going to start. Yeah, He'll be starting as left-back and they've got, I forget who they're playing, but it's an easy fixture. It might be Fulham. I mean, who's an easy fixture for Chelsea? <laughs> isn't it? That is true, that is true. And uh, you, you, I think you're right, I think it is Fulham, but I remember saying to somebody that Leno's probably been one of my best players. Mm-hmm. That is true. He got he got ten points, didn't he? This yeah. Weekend. Um, but yeah, I I think if we were probably to check the most transferred out players again, you're probably going to see people that have finally given up on the Chelsea players. Mm-hmm. I think Sterling might even start to come out of people's teams now. Yeah, he's he's got one or two fixtures left for me, and then he's then he's gone. Yeah. So if we look ahead to this game week, are you? Any changes? I mean, you've mentioned there Rashford. Is he is he gone? Providing uh, it would probably be Rashford for Son. Son's got a lovely run of fixtures coming up. Yeah, he's on fire. He's playing up front again, which is what we were waiting for. Mm-hmm. I can't see any reason not to bring him in, um, especially if I'm not going to wild card as well for a while. Yeah. If I was, I'm quite tempted this year, this week by Bowen or Ward Prowse because mm-hmm. playing Sheffield United, we've seen how bad they are. They're away from home as well. Yeah. So they are not going to be attacking at all. It will purely be... You, you think that... I don't know. They're going to be defending deep. So you need somebody who's going to be able to create opportunities. It makes me lean towards Ward-Prowse, actually. Mm-hmm. With his free kicks Set-based and things. Yeah. Uh, I, I think, he, I think he, could be, he could be a really good player to bring in. Now, it all depends on whether Madison is fit. Because Madison, again, has tweaked something... He, he, he landed funnily on his knee, uh, so he's going for a scan today. Okay. Now, if that if he's at risk of missing Saturday, what I'll probably do is do Madison to um, to Ward Prowse because mm-hmm. I can afford that. I wouldn't be able to afford to go Madison to Son. Uh, if Madison is fine, it'll probably be Rashford to Son. I think mm-hmm. so. It's going to be a midfield change. I'd quite I'd quite like Madison to be injured. Actually, I know it sounds sounds funny, but. Because then I'd be more. I can go from my the, the the more punty pick, which is a West Ham yeah. midfielder. So I think if you can afford to put a West Ham player in for one week and then sub him the following week, mm-hmm. I think now it's probably a good time. I mean, Ward Prowse's form has just been outrageous. Kufau actually, I know we conceded goals against City and Liverpool, but he's got two assists in two games at right back. Mm-hmm. Bowen's obviously having a cracking season, but actually post. So you've got she- we've got Sheffield United, we've got Newcastle, we've got Villa, and then we've got a run of four really tasty fixtures. Yeah. Um, so you might see, I think Ward-Prowse might have even been in the top ten of uh, players that were brought in last week, actually, mm-hmm. funnily enough, because I think he's, he's had a goal involvement or an assist in every single game he played up until uh, the Liverpool game. He's playing more in a more attacking position as well. This is, this is the worry with players that have played for a club for a number of years They've made he made like the sort of central mid proper central midfielder I would say he got forward every now and again 
But for Southampton, they always played with four players in front of him. Yeah. It doesn't look like that's happening with West Ham. It looks like he's actually dropping into the, the pocket behind the striker. And yet that goal he scored against Man City, mm-hmm. he was he was the furthest player forward on the pitch for that when he headed it in. So, yeah. yeah, it looks like his role has changed a bit from what we used to think of him. I think it's because the... So when he was playing with Lavia last season, they were both sort of a bit of everything. Yeah. Whereas now, West Ham this season are actually playing with a proper DM who just sits in front of the back four and hoovers everything up, which gives Paquetta and, and Ward Prowse a bit of a license to roam. So he's relishing in the role. And I think um, there'll be there'll be a number of people that might look at West Ham against Sheffield United, especially after them conceding eight goals. Yeah. So it's this. This is a there's a little subtle thing here. What people have done so far, and they do this every single year is you look at the players that have scored really well last week or week before and you pick them. Maybe what you should be doing is looking at the teams that have conceded the most goals in the last few weeks, mm-hmm. like Sheffield United, and targeting them in the future. So rather than picking players that have done well, you pick players that are playing against those weaker teams. Yeah. And given that West Ham have got arguably the easiest game, other than Luton, arguably the easiest game in the Premiership, next they're at home. Sheffield United who just mm-hmm. conceded eight maybe it's West Ham player that you should target if you're looking short term yeah. then like you said if you can bench them so you wouldn't want, really want them to play against Newcastle I don't think um, but when they get that run of fixtures against like Everton and teams like that they will be there so if you can if you can bench them for, for a week or two and you've got a good enough squad it might be a good time to get a West Ham player in mm. oh, well I think we've, we spoke last week about one of the changes that I made in the wild card was the two goalkeepers because over the next 10 or 11 weeks, one of them had a decent-ish game where you'd expect them to score points. Mm-hmm. So I think, uh, well, well, as you were saying there, if Chelsea are playing Fulham, then that this might have been the game week where Ariola comes in because yeah. we're playing Sheffield United. Then the following week when we play Newcastle, Leno would come back in and then mm-hmm. we've got those final four fixtures for West Ham. So... Yeah, I think that I think that's definitely an option if you can afford to bring somebody in for a game and then put them on the bench. I've seen a lot of still a lot of the pros still have uh, Mubama on the bench. Yeah, who hasn't seen any game time. Not got round. To, I've got him. I've just not got round to moving him yet. Yeah, there's been other that's, things to do. That, that's a wild card change, though, isn't it? It really? is. Yeah, it's Cameron Archer is the four point five million striker that's playing. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's starting regularly, and I know he's playing for a bad team. But if you can get your 4.5 million player to actually play, that is a start at least. Yeah. So, okay. Right, I did mention I wanted to talk about Salah because he's starting to creep into people's teams now. Mm-hmm. And there's no right or wrong answer as to whether you should have Salah. Um, for you, it becomes a bit more difficult, Pete, because you've done your wild card and you need to majorly switch your team around mm-hmm. in order to get Salah in. But for those people on wildcard, it is definitely an option. Um, given that he scored consistently every single week, you'd expect him to be right up there at the top of the point scorers, and he is. So Saka and Son have got 44 points, Salah 43. But if you think about it, if, would you rather have Saka and Son? Their value, they're both about 9 million, I think. So let's say 17, 18 million is going to cost you for that. Mm-hmm. If you have Salah, he's 12 and a half million. So you would need a 5.5 million midfielder to go with him. It's normally, it's normally defensive midfielders at 5.5, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, there, there isn't much for, for 5.5. Mm-hmm. 
So you've got to assess whether or not you're happy to go for Salah, know that he's going to score for you, but you're going to have to sacrifice, probably downgrade a couple of other positions in order to afford him. Yeah. You might have to, you might settle for a 6.5 million midfielder, but then a cheaper defender. It might be the difference between going for somebody like Trippier and downgrading him for Shah, maybe. Yeah. That could, that could be the sacrifice that you make. And also possibly a formation change. Mm-hmm. And the, the last thing you want to do is be bringing in additional defenders. Yeah. This season has been crazy for goals. Yeah. Very few clean sheets. So you, th- th- when I saw people drafting teams before the season that had Salah and Haaland in, they almost all had four at the back. Yeah. Now, four at the back... It's just it just doesn't seem to be the right formation this year. Mm-hmm. Not with the extra minutes and things that are being played. It just seems to have gone a bit crazy. So you want to be steering away from four defenders wherever you can. So it's it's yeah, it's a difficult one. It'd be interesting to see how how your spend goes. I mean, if you if you throw Haaland in, Salah, Son, and Saka, mm-hmm. you ain't got you ain't got a lot to spend no. on the rest of your team, have you? Especially if you want to put someone like Trippier in. Yeah. Liverpool's fixtures get really good soon, so maybe even thinking about Trent or Robertson, who mm. are both expensive still. Yeah, you can't get any of those in no. if you if you keep with Salah, Son, Haaland. It just doesn't work. Yeah, there isn't enough yet. By the end of the season, there probably would be enough for that because your team value does increase over time if you've got good players in. Mm-hmm. But this is too early for that. Yeah, but this is another advantage actually of holding your wild card if you can. Because when you when you wildcarded, you probably had maybe 100.5 or 101 million to spend. If I save mine until week 18, week 19, I might have 102 or 103 million to spend mm-hmm. then. Yeah. So my new squad can, could actually be a lot bigger, get get slightly better players in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the decision with Salah, I'm not going to do it yet. I'd love him, but also... I really like all the other attacking midfielders yeah. as well. Yeah, well, if you're, that's that's the thing, isn't it? If you're if you're scoring those points across three players, mm-hmm. but you have to lose those, you know, two of those to accommodate Salah, you, you might not be getting the gains that you want. Exactly, and it, this is it's been a good example actually about how why players players are priced at certain certain points. So, Saka and Son. While Son has been a bit streakier in that he's had two big hauls and then a couple of games where he hasn't done anything, Saka has been consistent across the season. They've both ended up on the same number of points after six games, which is 44. So they're averaging over seven points a game. Now they're 8.59 million. So when you look at some of the other players that are bargains, like Mbomo, he started the season like a train. He hasn't done anything for the last couple of weeks. So those players at those lower prices... They don't perform consistently every single week. Yeah. They have flashy periods. And like Saka, Son, they can they can perform well against any team in the league. I mean, Son banged a couple in against Arsenal. Saka mm-hmm. scored against Spurs. So yeah. they can score against anybody. But you wouldn't expect Mbomo to score a brace against Man City or Newcastle. Yeah. It doesn't happen. So you, There's a difference between quality and elite, isn't there? There is, yeah, there really is. And if you're going to go for Salah, you might have to sacrifice having a couple of those real quality players in yeah. and bringing someone who's a bit riskier. I think we should just give a, a shout-out to any FPL content creators that have been nominated for the awards this year. So um, something for us to aspire to for, for next season. Yeah. 
We'll have to start doing that. I think we'll do, we've spoken about, you know, potential things we could do next season, um, maybe some features that people haven't done. Yeah. So the whole thing around controlling the other person's team yeah, yeah. based on a game week. Um, we'll probably do some prizes maybe next year as well. Um, There's another unique concept that I've always been tempted to try, but it hasn't, it's not really managed in a, in a very good way yet. And there's a league that you can join where the objective is to score the least amount of points. Now that it sounds easy because we don't score many points, mm-hmm. but when you try and score a few points, you're going to end up bringing in players that do. So yeah. you bring in all those rubbish players. Well, actually, last week those players probably would have all scored. 60 points, yeah. yeah. So you would have had a great week. Um, so you, yeah. So that's something I would like to look at. Yeah, I think the rules of it would be really interesting to have a look at as well. Like. Is there a minimum, like a yeah, a minimum threshold on spend? You have to spend your hundred million, right? And you have to have players that are considered to be in the first eleven of teams. Right, okay. So you can't yeah, you can't really just buy tricky. bad defenders and defensive midfielders. You have to actually spend all your money. So interesting. I like yeah, I like that. Yeah, and looking forward as well. I think I mean we're planning way ahead, but. I know I'm, I've started the Champions League fantasy football. I think you've joined, you've got a team in as well. Yeah, we've got the the Euros next summer. Yeah. They do fantasy football as well, so we can we can we can cover those type of things as well. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I think the only thing left to, to do is wish you well for this weekend. Uh, not too well, obviously, because me and Dave want to win. But um, <laughs> we wish you well, and uh, we'll speak to you next week. I've been Pete. I've been Dave.